Welcome into the Train With The Best podcast, a podcast by trainers for trainers. I'm Craig Hoffman, a personal trainer, performance coach, and media personality. And I'm Chris Gores, uh, industry pro for 15 years, international presenter and master trainer. So today, Chris, we're going to talk about some conversations you've had recently with some physical therapists. I, of course, work in a physical therapy clinic. That's where I train out of in Washington, D.C., called the Fit Collective. Uh, our lead PT and co-founder, Ashley Spates, has been a guest on the podcast before, guest and guest co-host on the podcast before. That's right. Um, but we're going to specifically focus in on return to play, which is a process that's going to involve doctors, PTs, and ultimately trainers uh, or some kind of advanced fit pro. So what are some of the conversations you've been having and what's stuck out to you about them that you wanted to talk about today? Yeah, I mean, obviously we've been having – we have conversations every day with the PTs because I'm, I'm excited to announce that we, we are now offering physical therapy in Onyx yeah. for, for athletes and – both of our locations in Alexandria and down here in Richmond. Um, so quick plug right there. But uh, the conversations we've been having is actually with the surgeons themselves. Um, Dr. Owusu, Dr. O down here in Richmond, and then Dr. Anunziata, one of the lead orthopedic surgeons up there in Ortho, Virginia, um, up north. So it's interesting to hear kind of uh, their perspective on everything because, you know, as a surgeon – they're, they're the first point of contact when somebody has to have a surgery, whether it be ACL, Achilles, labrum, whatever it is, right? And then that, because they wear the coat, right, that they become the expert that everybody goes to. And, and Dr. Nunziata and, and even Dr. O will tell you, like, hey, look, our job is pretty much done after the surgery. There's, there's nothing right. else for us to do. We're not the experts when it comes to um, biomechanics, Movement, especially when it comes to, you know, return to sports stuff, right? And and there's a big difference between, you know, what happens on the table. That's all them, right? And that's and that's where you want somebody like a doctor A or a doctor O who knows what they're doing, who knows how to what what they're looking at when they open it up, because you can get the MRI, right? And and the MRI will tell you that there's a tear or whatever. There's a there's a rupture, and then when when they cut you open. Then you might see something else, and that, that's where their quality is going to come through because you want somebody who knows how to deal with it once you're open, right? So once that's done, though, there's a big difference in that rehab between somebody who wants to go play sports again and play sports at a very high level versus some of the physical therapy that you see where it's like, okay, let's let's do what insurance will pay for. Let's do um, what we can bill you for, right? Like that's And it's very different from – kind of the way that we've set things up and the way that we think things should be set up at least. Right. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a, obviously a very, if this was a physical therapy podcast, um, we probably do multiple episodes on insurance and how the financial (laughs) side of things guides uh, medical decisions so often. And it's really sad um, because that's just not how it should be um, for obviously moral reasons, for efficacy reasons. Um, and it's just, you know, someone's, someone's financial state doesn't make their knee any different or less important. And that's, that's pretty obvious with that said, like we're all running businesses and, um, you know, there's some people that unfortunately that is their reality is, is if insurance will cover 12 PT sessions, they will go to the 12 PT sessions and their PT probably will be like, sorry, well, this is, it's going to cost X amount for you to come see me out of pocket now, but you can try to do these exercises on your own. And people some people do some people don't um yeah. but at the end of the day that i'm glad you where you started is is where you started because 
I've had certainly clients before that, you know, my surgeon said this and where right. you hear stories about even <laughs> professional athletes that like yeah. their surgeon, well, the surgeon said it was successful or the surgeon said that the knee is fine. And it's like, sure. The knee's fine. The surgery but, was fine. Right. The surgery, the surgery fine, or, was but even the yeah. knee's fine. Like the knee's intact, yep. but yes. what you're rehabbing when you rehab uh, an injury, like an ACL, for instance, is not necessarily quote unquote, the knee. You're rehabbing right. the quad. You're rehabbing okay. the hamstring. You're rehabbing the glute because there's atrophy there because you don't use it in the period of time where you're not using your knee so that you can get to the point where your surgeon says, hey, your knee is good. The incision has healed. The The tendon has taken or whatever graft has taken. Like there is, there are things that happen in the knee where the surgery go, is, is, you know, initially deemed a success, like they didn't botch it. And then- right after a couple of months or a couple of weeks, I should say of being immobilized and being in a big giant brace that they're like, yep, it healed. Okay. Well, you haven't used the muscles that bend and ex- or flex and extend the knee in now weeks. And so you have to rebuild them and ultimately rebuild them over a very long period of time to restabilize the knee. And then once you it's stable to develop strength, and then once you have strength to develop power and explosiveness. And so there are phases to this that are far more intense and far longer than your knees back intact. It's not a, it's not a plug and play yeah. situation. There's so, there, there's so many variables, right? One of the biggest variables that we're seeing right now, and, and unfortunately what we're seeing is a lot of surgeries for younger athletes, right? And when I, when I say younger, we'll break them down into three categories. We'll break it down into pre-PHV, circa PHV, and post-PHV. And PHV meaning peak height velocity, like how quickly are these kids growing? So pre-PHV, your, your, your middle school kids, so I know there's a lot of trainers out there that, that work with kids, and you're, you're working with 9 to 11-year-olds. Um, we're not seeing a ton of surgeries at that age, and, and it, it'd be very, very rare to see somebody, um, but it does happen. We are seeing a lot of surgeries for those kids that are in the circa PHV range, which is you know 12 to 16 years old, right? Uh, and, and that becomes... A little bit of an issue because training in all three of those phases without surgery at all, right? Let's just remove that. If we just said, hey, how should you train a 9-year-old kid versus a 14-year-old kid versus a 17- or 18-year-old kid? Those are three very different things. The way that you load them, the way that they are going to gain strength, the way they're going to um, learn how to be explosive, all those things. Those are very different things. And then when you throw a surgery in there, that mixes it up even more. And especially when you're talking about somebody who is – not post PHV yet, right? They're still growing at and growing at an, 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 uh, an incredible rate, um, growing faster than they ever will for the rest of their life. Obviously, um, there are things that you actually still have to avoid. Like it's, yeah, you have to get the strength back, but you can't load this up the way that you would an 18 year old because they're still growing. Their joints are not going to respond to that well anyway. So um, there are some challenges there, and, and, we're, and unfortunately, we're seeing a lot more of these surgeries with 12, 13, and 14-year-olds. Yeah, it's, it's pretty scary because um, there's so many factors at play there as, as people come into their own athletically. And, and, you know, also, there's so many 
just societal factors that the mental health of kids that age when, you know, the thing that they love gets taken away. It's something we see a lot in high school kids too. Um, you know, and even pros, um, you know, when, when, if you're a professional soccer player and you tear your ACL, like, uh, it's actually in some ways worse for your like life balance type of stuff, because it's not like you're still going to school. It's not like you're still going to work. If you're just a general population person, like, now, now your full-time job is rehabbing and all of your best friends are your teammates and those kinds of things. And that, but that's also hard on kids who like, you know, they see their friends at soccer practice and they, they can't go anymore. But from the physical side, like you said, like there's such a litany of factors. Um, and what would like, if, if, uh, obviously we're podcasting by trainers for trainers, like what's, what to you is like the single biggest difference in working with someone that age, that younger, still growing growth spurt, maybe they're in the middle of a growth spurt as they're recovering, um, versus someone who is fully developed. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're going to gain a lot more through coordination and, and neuromuscularly, uh, than you will through progressive overload at younger ages. Right. So we're not going to we, we can still gain strength and you can still do some lightly loaded things. But, you know, they're, they're going to gain a lot more from the very low level, quick touch plyometrics and, and teaching them how to um, get their foot on and off the ground quickly. Um, so 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 even things like low level bounding, not the type of bounding where it's very you're, you're exploding out and trying to get maximum effort, just very low level. Right. Look low-level pogos, little hops here and there, teaching kids how to get their foot on and off the ground quick because if you don't, if you load it up too quickly, then what you're teaching the kids how to do is how to recruit power by keeping their foot on the ground longer than they should. And longer meaning like fractions of a second, right? Like There's right. a huge difference between 200 milliseconds and 400 milliseconds, right? In, in real time, you can't even blink your eye that fast. But in... In, in plyomath... In, in plyo math, yeah, that's that's an eternity, right? So we want to teach our kids get to the point where they can get their foot on and off the ground quickly. So you start off with some low-level plyos, uh, and, and then as they get a little bit older, then you start to build in um, some more of the actual progressive overload where we're actually targeting hypertrophy. Uh, but for young ages, we're not we're not trying to get hypertrophy. That might happen because it's just a a byproduct of, of what we're trying to right, do. Right, because they haven't but done anything. Pro- yeah, progressive exactly. overload's easy when you, you're overloading zero. Right. If you went from nothing to doing something, yeah, you're probably going to get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, but that's, that was not the goal, right? So teaching them how to control ranges of motion, teaching them how to control different planes of movement, those are all the things that we're trying to do. And by the way, this is, this is pretty um, specific to a surgery itself as well. Right. So depending on what you did now, this is this is used to be very rare, but we're seeing a a lot more now, which is an Achilles tear for young for young men. An Achilles tear is typically something that you and I have to worry about because we're 30 to 40 years old. We're still pretty active. That's the that's the tendon that kind of gives out when. Uh, when we're trying to do too much or when we're not conditioned to do uh, what we thought we used to be able to do, right? Um, so somebody like myself, somebody like you who plays in weekend basketball leagues, stuff like that, that's a, an Achilles tear that is pretty common. But now we're seeing it with young kids, right? And an Achilles tear, the beginning of that rehab is, is very different than an ACL tear. In an ACL tear, we're trying to gain as much range of motion as possible. 
and Achilles tear during that, the first phases of that rehab, we're trying to keep it as stiff as possible to get it strong, right? So it's, it's very different depending on what type of surgery and what type of injury that you, you had. Yeah, no, and that's why the conversations, one, obviously the knowledge base is important and being willing to, even if like say you're working with a kid when he's healthy, kid gets hurt or she gets hurt and the parent comes to you and is like, hey, uh, so-and-so got hurt, you know, it's not your fault. We really appreciate, uh, you know, everything you've done. And, and because of that, we want you to rehab them. Um, you know, their surgeon said they should be ready to start training in X weeks, Um we we just want you to know so she'll be out for a couple weeks he'll be out for a couple weeks but then we want you to rehab it's your responsibility if you don't have that knowledge base to go uh i actually don't think that that's i'm the right person for that i don't i don't know that or go i've never done this before um i'm going to do a ton of research i'm going to talk to people which i've definitely done i would say hey i've i've not done you know earlier in my career i've not done uh this before but uh, I work with a guy on my podcast who knows everything. So I'm going to go talk to him and, uh, and, and I'll be ready by the time she gets back in the gym. And the parents like, great, that sounds fantastic. Um, but do you have, you know, once be honest, uh, and have an honest conversation with, if it's a child, obviously their parent about your own capabilities to have a good knowledge base. But then three, like, that's when you got to start having those conversations and, and getting a complete picture. If you can talk to the surgeon, talk to the surgeon. If you can talk to a physical therapist who certainly they're going to be working with, that's probably going to be your most important contact because, because the physical therapist really is the one to me who has uh, kind of the, the, the most depth of knowledge on both sides of that. They, they really probably understand the surgery. Like good PTs have shadowed surgeons before. Um, mm-hmm. and they also have a pretty obviously good working base of what happens in a weight room because they do lighter versions of all those exercises and physical therapy all the time. It's your job to understand the loading and the velocities and all those kinds of things when it gets to that stage of the rehab. So, um, those conversations become really important. Your knowledge becomes really important and those things can, can, I don't say make or break the rehab, but like really get someone back to where they should be and, and perhaps even stronger than before um, or cause them to have it where it's like, oh, well, I heard it when I was X years old and it's never been quite right since. Right. The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Momentus. And Chris, I remember when Momentus was just a company with three protein blends and then right. that, was, that was it. Now, pretty much anything in the supplement game, you can get at livemomentous.com. That's right. If you go to livemomentous.com right now, you might not even recognize some of these products. And for me, I'm definitely going to change my monthly subscription. I've been getting the brain drive. I've been getting the elite sleep. I've been getting the collagen. And it looks like I need to up my game a little bit and take a look at some of these products like the alpha. Yeah, no doubt. And what's great about Momentus's website, uh, which you can go to right now, livemomentus.com, is that they also have a lot of descriptions and information on best usage, best practices. It's not just like, hey, here's all this stuff. It's like, hey, are you looking for this? Well, then you should get that. So any supplementation needs you may have, they've got you covered. And it's it's stuff that, like, look, if you want if you want the four-hour description on what Tangat Ali does, you go to the Huberman Lab podcast. They got you covered. That's That's not us. But it might be something that you need. So go check it out. And Here's what we do have for you. We have a discount. LiveMomentous.com. Use TWTB at checkout for a special discount. TWTB is in train with the best at LiveMomentous.com. 
The Chairman of the Best Podcast is brought to you by Jaku. And we've been partners with Jaku for basically a year now, Chris. Can't believe how much the time has flown by. And it's still just as spectacular as it was when we discovered it. It's plain and simple. Good, reliable timing on your speed drills, on your multi-directional drills. You know, how many of us who are speed coaches just need a good, accurate time out there to verify, one, the results that we're getting, and two, the trends that we're going in, right? So this is a great product for, for anybody who is a speed trainer or anybody who works with athletes. And now you're even able to track vertical jump, which is such a valuable tool when you're taking a look at somebody's program. So make sure you check out Jaku. And Craig, what's the code that they should be using? You go to jaku.com slash discount slash TWTB. You get a 20% discount on all Jaku products with the muscle blasters and everything as well. But yeah, I mean, I used to always love coming down to Onyx, testing my vertical on the Vertec machine. Now now I don't have, even have to do that. You don't need a, a big, giant, high ceiling to, to have a Vertec and be able to extend it up. You just put the Jaku on your wrist, set it up. There you go. It's all cell phone app based. So go to jaku.com slash discount slash TWTB. Get 20% off the Jaku Speed and all other Jaku products. The Chairman of the Best podcast is brought to you by BlazePod. And Chris, what's so great about BlazePod is you can use it in every part of the workout. You can use it to help warm up. You can use it in kind of your main parts of the workout. You can use it as a finisher. What's your go-to recently with BlazePod? Yeah, for me, what I love using BlazePod for is just keeping our athletes engaged. So, you know, you you can get into the rut of the workout where you're doing time sets. If you've got 30-second plank, a 30-second wall sit or whatever, but if you add BlazePods to that, now that 30 seconds doesn't seem like it's so long. And it keeps the clients a little bit more engaged, a little bit more motivated to perform well. And it's something that just adds a lot of fun to the session. No doubt. Uh, we could all use uh, a little attention for our inner child. And who doesn't love stuff that lights up? And oh, by the way, it's an elite training tool, the best of all worlds. And of course, we got the hookup for you. Use the code TWTB at blazepod.com for 15% off your order. That's TWTB is in train with the best for 15% off at blazepod.com. Now here's, the, now, here's the thing that I would tell you, and I, I think that you, in theory, you're right. The physical therapist should know the the surgeon. Maybe the, I'm just lucky that I work surgery. with Ashley all the time. I, I think that you and I are both lucky that we are around physical therapists who are pretty high level, and, and we ourselves are pretty high level, like myself and some of the other trainers here at Onyx. We understand the physical therapy world. We also understand the surgery world, and, and that's something that maybe separates us. I don't know. Um, maybe. But what I would say is this. On a for typical physical therapists, even though they might know it, they don't coach the way that you coach. Right. Trainers, out of everybody in this process, from surgeon to physical therapist to personal trainer, sports performance trainer, whatever, trainers are the ones who know how to coach. You're the one who knows how to actually cue something like a plank, right? So even what we're seeing right now is we have physical therapy um, students or physical therapists who know that, hey, mini bands are great for glute activation. Okay, yes, we understand that glute activation is important, but do you know how to coach it? That's a very right. different thing. So you might, out of everybody that's involved in the rehab process, you as a trainer might be the best coach out of everybody that's involved, right? So that's why it is on you to understand and 
what I would tell you is speaking to physical therapists and speaking to surgeons, they would love to be able to communicate with the coaches because they know that you're the better the, the better coach out of all three of them. They know that you're going to be the one that's going to be working with somebody uh, on a more extensive level or, or you know bringing them all the way back to sport. And they would love to be able to share information with you. A lot of them are, are yearning for that relationship where, hey, is this client okay? Here, here is the information that I have. Here's you know what I feel like they should be doing, and then they everybody's on the same page. Everybody wants that, and that's not happening because you know e- either we're not trusting them, they're not trusting us, whatever it is. So the more that surgeons, physical therapists, and coaches and trainers can get on the same page, one, those relationships can foster each other, and then two, the clients and the patients win. Right. After after everything is, is is the clients and the patients win, and that's and that's why we created what we created here with physical therapy at Onyx. That's why we tried to keep a great relationship with physical therapists in the area, as well as all the surgeons in the area, so that we're all on the same page from you know the day that somebody has their surgery all the way to the day that they return to their sport. Right, and so that actually gets into like what those conversations look like. And I feel like sometimes we're like, well, you should have conversations with your whatever, and then we don't go into what those conversations sound like, right? So if I'm having that conversation, I'll just use Ashley um, as my coworker, right? So if Ashley's got someone that she's going to ultimately pass off to me, I am going to be asking her, okay, what does this person need? Right. Because if you can get that information, that's when the coaching power comes in. Right. That's when exactly what you're talking about takes hold. Ashley tells me, hey, we're at a stage right now where we want a lot of, and I'm lucky because, again, Ashley's brilliant, but like, you know, hey, we don't want a lot of range of motion. You know, Ashley would just tell me, like, hey, isometrics, but like, hey, we're not looking for a lot of range of motion here. We haven't opened that up yet. We're looking for strength. Um, We're going to build it, you know, this way in these muscles cool i know how to do that and she's not going to necessarily tell me which exercises to use she's not gonna be like well you should squat for this you should deadlift for that i might i might run those by her and she would go yeah that makes sense but that's again a high level relationship if you know if someone if you're generic physical therapist because i've also had those two um where like they go to a, a pt for something that is outside of our clinic and then they come to me and I'll get on the phone with the PT and it's like, okay, what do they need right now? Well, they need glute strength. Uh, they need to be able to stabilize the knee. They need to be able to do this, that, the other. And I was like, okay, right. cool. I know how to do those things. I take my notes. I come up with a plan and then I will progressively overload those things over time. Again, not necessarily in weight, but in stability and you know, whatever it is that that, that athlete needs. So the conversation is going to be, how do you get their knowledge of what the client needs into your brain so that you can do the coaching part that we are the best at in the process without undoing the work that they've done. And in fact, working in conjunction with it and making sure that you're actually doing, you know, following the best care plan for the patient slash client. Yeah. And, you know, building that relationship with Physical therapist is just like building any other relationship. And, and we talked about it before on this podcast about, you know, the difference between knowledge and intelligence. And, you know, when, when you're talking to therapists and surgeons, ask questions. 
Right. Ask good questions. Hey, what are some of the things that have worked for this patient or client? What are some of the things that I should be looking for when I'm doing this exercise? What are some of the things that um, allow me to have confidence that they're ready to move on? Or what are some of the things that you look for and say, hey, this is why they can't move on, right? So those are some things that um, that I, I feel like will go a long way in helping you build. And then Again, it's it's not like a one-time thing. It's a, it's something that you continuously work on so that there's continuous, constant communication between you, the physical therapist, the surgeon. It's it's a big thing. When you're when you're rehabbing somebody, you want to get everybody on the same page. Yeah, definitely. Uh all right. That'll do for, for today's episode. Unless Chris, there's anything else you wanted to add at the end here? No, we're good. And I know at some point, you know, we'll, we'll probably try to ask one of these surgeons to jump on. And, you know, we've had Ashley on and we've got Lance and Zach that we added to the team as physical therapists. So, you know, we'll, we'll probably be having more of these conversations like this and we can get into the nitty gritty of an ACL or a shoulder or a knee or uh, Achilles. We can get into the nitty gritty on that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, that sounds like a great plan. I also, um, I would love to talk maybe next week um, about Stan Van Gundy's tweet uh, yesterday. I don't know if you saw What's this. Um, it kind of went viral because Kevin Durant responded agreeing with Stan Van Gundy. Uh, he said, okay. Stan spitting. And Stan didn't realize that that meant that he agreed with him. So it went <laughs> it went viral for hilarious reasons. Um, but basically, Stan was saying, like, uh, NBA coach Stan, or former NBA coach Stan Van Gundy, current NBA right. analyst, uh, for those that don't know, he's like, in the 90s, we practiced way harder. We practiced way more. We had yeah. two per. We had a strength coach and a, and one medical person. Yeah. Now they have these huge medical staffs. They favor yeah. rest over yeah. over practice and injuries and games missed her way up. So what's what's happening? I would yeah. love to dive into that with you maybe next week. So we'll do that uh, soon. Also, uh, I got a friend of mine who is a competitive triathlete that we're going to have on the podcast soon. Uh, she's also a coach. Um, so we got a bunch of cool stuff planned over the next couple of weeks here on the pod. Uh, for more from Chris, make sure you're following on Instagram at Trainer Gores. And we will see you guys next week here on the Train with the Best podcast.